everyone, Rebecca here. I just wanted to let you all know that the official Patreon page for How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident is now live. We're offering things like early access to episodes, video recordings of episodes, bonus content, and more. So head on over to patreon.com slash how the fuck to subscribe. Thanks for listening. Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends, peers, and strangers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got to be so confident. In this episode, I chat with two guests at once. I was so lucky to be able to get them both. They are the creators and hosts of the podcast, Friends Talk Frasier and Feelings, where they invite a guest on to watch an episode of Frasier and then do a talk back about the episode, about mental health. If you like this podcast, you will love their podcast. Uh, I also was a guest on their podcast as well. So you can check that episode out. They are also both comedians, actors, writers, performers. They are Talia Tabin and Victoria Longwell. In this episode, we talk about cultivating your ability to communicate, ways to interrupt the negative thought neuropathways and how to change them, finding a ritual that helps you feel more in control of your life and so much more. This is... How the fuck did you get so confident with guests Talia Tabin and Victoria Longwell? <gasps> Yay! Thank you both so much for doing this. Thank you for being here, logging on. Mm. I feel like I shit my teeth. No, I can't see. I think they look It's good. all happening. Thanks. I felt a little a little treasure somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first time I've done two people at once. Well, on the podcast. On the podcast. Yeah. Hell yeah. Wink. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But this is so exciting. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm confident that it's going to be great. Uh, Oh, yeah. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about you. uh, Okay. So usually I start off by asking what confidence means to you. So like what it just means so many different things to so many people. It can be a quiet thing. It can be a big thing. Um. And I just want to know what you both individually think confidence is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess to me, uh, when I think about like what, what I would aspire to in the way of being confident, it would be like not having to look at anyone else's paper and just, Mm. uh, and just making my moves with me uh and feeling good about it and settled in that I think that is confidence to me yeah I love that what about Mm -hmm. you Talia I feel like it's something very similar but mine went to like fashion instead of school yeah and mine was just like you know walking down the street and just not noticing other people I don't know there's like you I don't know I see these people in their like awesome outfits I know. They didn't think twice about it. They put it on. Well, they went out. Or sure, they did yeah. think twice about it. And they felt great about it. And there's no mishigas behind that. It's just like, I know that this makes me feel good. And that's all that I need. So confidence is the, like, standalone belief in what makes you feel good. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, do you guys consider yourself confident? Con- do you both consider yourself confident people? I want to say no. <laughs> I think I present <laughs> as sort of confident. I feel like I've had people tell me that before. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, it yeah. just depends on the circumstance. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I feel like in some ways I present very confident, and in other ways I present uh, like a little baby, little baby. Yeah, like a not you, baby. but I just knew that's what you were gonna mm-hmm. say. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> what areas do you consider yourself confident in? question <laughs> you know where I Impro- feel like improv? I'm very confident and I feel like I'm confident in improv I feel like I'm confident <laughs> around kids uh for oh, a million years yeah. I, I actually have... haven't heard anybody ta- say say anything like this before oh so really I'm really no I'm so I'm very excited okay so I'm very confident around children I feel like I under- I feel like not necessarily like a connection but just an understanding of kids from like very small to very big and that's because I've nannied and babysat my whole life and then I also have taught kids for the last like five years I taught improv and that was all ranges from like three all the way to 18 so and then like I taught a college class for a little while so like I have even into that age and I just feel like when there are kids around I'm like, okay, well, I definitely know what to do with this. Like, I can engage with them. I can, like, ask them questions. And I think a lot of that is improv skills. But, right. um, yeah, I feel what, very confident in that. What, what has teaching taught you? Like, have you learned anything, whether it's about confidence or, or you know, otherwise? Like, has teaching other humans given – like, what has it given you? Um – well, with kids, I realize that so – it's so – God, I just – I was such an interesting kid who felt like – I think there was a couple of years where I was, like, super confident and, like, a little bratty kid that was like, look at me, look at me. And then something must have happened, which, like, I'll have to go to, like, a hypnotherapist to figure out. And I just I just was like, oh, there's other people and they could talk about me and that scares the shit out of me. And so then I became the kid that didn't want to raise my hand in class. Um, Mm. And like seeing how early that develops and seeing like different, I don't know, I guess um, relationships between kids and like how they interact with each other and realizing what, we need to like nurture ourselves when mm. we're younger and there are some kids that come from houses that will raise their hand and be like I know what we should do in class today and you're like how the fuck did you how, how would you ever know to say that who would tell a teacher like I know what we should do in class today over you which is wild but like god bless them and like mm-hmm. great and we should nurture that and then also balancing that with like we're not going to do that how about you tiny little um peanut in the back who hasn't said anything who doesn't want to say anything like can you give me one word that we could use as a suggestion you know like finding ways to nurture that I felt like um has also given me more kindness to myself Mm. of like that's okay if you're there's such a wide spectrum of what you're like as a little kid or what what we're like as adults and I think it's given me a little bit of understanding more about people like watch yeah. by watching little kids totally that makes complete sense um V mm. what also is it cool that I call you V 
I really liked I, it. It, it, made, it made me feel very loved cool. in that. Okay. Yeah. And, it, and it did make me feel cool, too. Some people are like, I should ask that before. Uh, some people are very precious about, like, their full names. And, like, yes. I'm, I'm not. You call me literally anything. And I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah, I um, feel the same way. <laughs> I, I think like it makes no me connection. feel very familiar, and I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, where do you consider yourself confident in life? Yeah, I like think uh, I think the, I would say almost nowhere that uh, happens now. Uh, okay. But. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally um, fair. But, like, I've, I think I've always felt, even though I might have nerves, I feel pretty comfortable pu- in, like, public speaking. Um, I feel comfortable in academic settings. I feel comfortable uh, in like debate. Uh, I feel comfortable and confident in those situations. So like in intellectual settings, would you say? Yeah, I think I do feel pretty good in intellectual settings. And I, and I think it is more specific. It's less actually about intelligence and more that I think I feel confident that I can communicate what I am thinking succinctly and oh my god that is such a I, gift holy shit <laughs> uh and then I feel confident in, in situations where people don't know each other I feel confident like that I am I gonna that. I'm gonna facilitate I'm gonna mm-hmm. make people laugh uh and that's gonna ease the yeah. nerves yeah that's a really good quality to have I feel like I'm I'm not great with new people like I don't think I'm great at meeting new people Mm. um (laughs) I think I go in too hard too fast like I can't gauge I can't gauge the room really Mm -hmm. I just I treat every situation exactly the same which is like like, which is like intense and and uh oversharing probably Um, probably pretty honest though yeah yeah very honest but people are like what the fuck? <laughs> but when it works, it must work so well. That's the thing. When it works, it's like, oh, now we're best friends because. And it was we, meant to be. Yeah, and we went, we went hard, we went fast, but like, yes, now, like now we're already in it. So yeah. <laughs> okay, Talia, you touched on this a little bit, but like, can you talk a little bit about what you were like as a kid and like the stages that you went through in terms of like when you were confident and if there was a shift in that? Yeah, ever? I think. Um, I, as a little kid, I was like, I want to be on stage. I know okay. that. I was like singing and dancing and everything all day long. I would be like, Mom, look at this. Um, and all of my home videos are of me being like, look at this, you guys. Oh. And then um, I think as like friends came into the mix and I got a little bit of response back from other people, <laughs> little girls, I was like, oh, I guess it's not as good to have too much attention on you. Like other people don't like you as much if you have too much attention on you. Mm. And I just kind of learned that. And so then the place that I got attention was still on the stage. So I was like, well, I got to keep doing that. And I loved it. I like loved the singing and the dancing and the all and the storytelling. I was so into that. Um, But I just felt like I became so aware of mm-hmm. everybody else and yeah. like one day it was like oh there's all these people if they're if I'm thinking all this they must be thinking all this stuff too and then boys and whatever and I just slowly became shyer quieter I mean obviously not with my close friends not with my family but 
I, you know, my mom was like from New Jersey and would talk to people. She, we lived in California and she'd be like, in New Jersey, in New York, we would scream and we'd be like, what takes along? And I would like stamp on her foot. I'm like, don't talk out loud, mom, we're in public. <laughs> so maybe there was a little bit of that, of like not wanting to be like her, who was very, would talk to anybody, mm. would make friends with anybody. So maybe there was an element of like, you know rebelling against that but um do you have siblings yeah I have a little sister who's okay. three years younger and I had an older brother but he passed away so he oh he God. passed away when I was 18 um and I would like to say that that changed my personality uh like that I had I wasn't shy and then he died and then I was shy but like I was way shy and self-aware and self-involved and nervous and anxiety before that and I think actually if anything that helped me like get to such a deeper place with like not giving a fuck to then like kind of rebuilding who I am today god I'm so that's a big one I'm so sorry to thank you I mean it was a long time ago so it's it's not that fresh wound but it's right um but still that's one of those things it changes you yeah shapes you it's changed my whole life pretty big yeah. yeah that's that's so big um when did you start like was it your brother passing that made you start not caring so much about what other Mm-mm. people think no what? I got so I so my brother passed away and then a month later I went to college yeah. and I remember being a lot like, of changes at parents once. Holy shit. please don't make me go and they were like you're not gonna do anything if you stay here like there's nothing to do now that your brother died at home you need to like keep moving forward so I think I was pretty blacked out the first year or so of college and I was wearing his clothes I was pretty I'm sure depressed you know whatever and then and then slowly coming out of that like realizing that I have so much anxiety and I think it took about three years going to therapy and then being a little bit more aware of what was going on um and then in some ways I stopped caring immediately so there would be like a friend that would annoy me and I'd be like that person's not fucking talking to me anymore and I'm done with that but then with guy stuff it would be like I think I'll just stay with him for the rest of my life and everybody's like he treats you pretty badly and I was like I think we'll just be together and I think that'll be fine yeah (laughs) um so I think some ways I was using those experiences like kind of shitting on myself to allow myself to feel everything that I was feeling from my brother passing away and with other things I was like no I don't really give a fuck and I don't I I would like tell people things very you know if somebody was rude to me or something I'd be like oh well my brother just died so like I don't need you to speak to me like that so it was a real dichotomy of like total mess and then like ballsy I don't care what you're what you think about me kind of vibe which I do still feel a little split sometimes. yeah I was gonna say like I relate to that like pendulum shift in terms of being like I'm either here or here and yes. like it's rare you're gonna get me in the middle I'm <laughs> I'm definitely getting totally. better about it but I absolutely relate to you saying that how did you find or did you find balance between those two things because I find that very hard because I mean I like truly I'm either like fuck you or yeah. I'm like I'll do anything you say so um, it's just I like I find it so challenging too what I'm working on in therapy yes is um being like working on being a nice girl 
Mm-hmm. I, and she's like, right. why do you call yourself a girl? And then it's being a nice woman while being in charge. Ooh. And like there's nothing wrong with being like, yeah, that doesn't work for me and I can still be just as nice as – I always am, but as opposed to like kind of manipulating the situation of like, hi, I'm so nice and I want you to do whatever I want because I'm like a little baby girl, which doesn't really help me, even though I think it does. And then not wanting people to think I'm an asshole and also like not acting like an asshole, but like being able to be nice, but just, it's like the confident thing. Just knowing that you know what you need in that moment and, and being like, and I want you to do whatever you need to make yourself feel good and this is what I'm doing to make myself feel good and like we're all gonna just take care of ourselves here yep that's crucial um and something that I think people work on for their lifetime um oh God. I mean I think I will started. be yeah 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 <laughs> just getting started how long have you been in therapy is this new um, no 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 I was I've kind of like been off and on for the past 18 years since my yeah. mother died <laughs> yeah 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 and so it's helpful it's helpful obviously it's you're great. still in it yeah it's great I, but there was about I think I just kind of got back into it a few months ago but there I was telling Victoria this a while like there was a couple years where I took a little break which Why, is good what do you attribute that break to feeling pretty stuck in what I'm talking about in therapy I'm like well, I'm just still same talking about how I feel bad and I'm worried that my friends are mad at me. I'm like, what mm-hmm. are you fucking talking about here? Mm-hmm. Well, I need, uh, I needed a little more action oriented, and then I kind of got into a few other things, and I felt like I didn't need this as much. And then after a while, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to come back to talk therapy. Yeah, man, I want to write that down too because it's like knowing when you need a break from something. Like, yeah, and and it's you can huge. always step back into it. You know? Oh my god. There will always, anywhere. yeah. There will <laughs> always be therapists that are itching to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, V, tell me what you were like as a kid, and is it similar to how you are now? Is it different? Break it down. I have almost the exact same trajectory as Talia. I'd be interested to know Come how on. many people, how many, uh, how many people who are not men feel this way, mm. uh, because I was such a confident kid needed a lot of attention really liked the limelight um and I I think I know when my switch was in the seventh grade I got hips I maybe have even talked about this before I got hips Mm -hmm. and um I started I didn't know how to dress anymore um because I was like a pretty popular kid uh and like in the way that whatever that means in the sure. fifth I like kind of hit a social peak in fifth and yeah. sixth grade uh and then in the seventh grade I got hips and I like started wearing a lot of athletic pants mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um wait athletic pants like yoga pants or like no. tracksuit pants like tracksuit pants because okay. those were even kind of they like, were stylish like at those the time. adidas ones yeah, yeah yeah but I know uh, my ex-boyfriend from the sixth grade. Uh, oh, no. Here we go. I got passed along that he said, uh, wow, Victoria's... I went by Tori then. Uh, Tori's fashion has really gone down the drain. And I still remember that. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean. And I just think that it wasn't that comment or anything, but I think having a part of myself that I now felt very self-conscious about... Um, 
made adjusted how much I maybe wanted eyes on me uh and I think awakened that part of your brain like Talia was saying that was like oh I could be judged right maybe maybe it's not always a positive that people are seeing when they look at me yeah you're yeah you're now like oh I'm me existing like impacts people and now I'm hearing about it it's not like I'm just like in a void or like a vacuum where I can do whatever and nobody says anything. Um, but I right. fucking hate that someone. I hate that. I, know. I hate that little boy. I know. I know. And he's probably very nice. And he was even nice then. You know, he was just saying like a dumb thing that he'd probably heard somebody else say uh, on who else TRL or something. We, I don't know. But you know what TRL. I mean? Like it was we go through TRL. the motions <laughs> of these adult things we see in here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he probably still loved me. Uh, is the truth. <laughs> Did you ever uh, say I love you? Right. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe. In sixth grade? Did you I kiss? don't know. Oh my God, I was a late bloomer. I don't think we did. Uh, I don't think we did kiss. I think we did like kisses on the cheek. Oh, okay, okay. Wait, Sexy. when did you have your first kiss? I gotta know. This is off topic. I don't care. Oh, well, oh. I had my first kiss when I was probably like, and I'm gonna count this, when I was probably like five or six with my neighbor who was one of my best friends oh on the lips yeah and did you talk about it it yeah we went and told my mom right after (laughs) 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 um that's super cute it was cute uh it it was it was a truly like you know millisecond peck yeah yeah and then what did your mom say she said yeah he is a cold and i hope you don't get it Um, <laughs> so British, so British. She was like working from home, and we went into. Oh my god, this. I love your mom. Yeah. Okay. Really okay. I'm. I gotta go back to that, but first I have to know Talia's first kiss. When yeah. I mean, when I was fifteen. <laughs> yeah. When I was fifteen, shriveled up old hag. No. Um. When I was fifteen, <laughs> and. Uh, it was maybe I was 14 and it was like at a summer camp and this guy just it was literally like he stood up on his or maybe everybody was talking about their first kiss and I was like oh I haven't had one of those yet and he like pop kissed me or something and then Mm -hmm. I went home because that was in Maine and then I went back to California and I told everybody that I was now making out with people just so that people knew and then my real like first kiss first kiss was with my first boyfriend and we like really did every like that was like uh maybe 16 Mm. yeah okay okay the gateway drug also that that was the thing we we kissed and I also are you about to say it was so it was too fast it was like Mm. oh I've never been with a boy before and now we're doing all the things immediately Right. What were you going to say, Victoria? I was going to say, are you about to say you've never heard pop kiss? Because yes. I've never heard pop kiss. I've pop never kiss. heard pop kiss, and I absolutely love it, but I, I have never heard that in my life. Oh, my God. You guys, we all, everybody's pop kissing. You know, what like is it was it? just a pop kiss. Is it, it just, was, a, it's just like a, a Oh, peck. I absolutely love the phrase pop kiss, and I feel pop like. Pop kiss is very good. Because I, I feel like it's like a smidge more than a peck. Because oh. a, a peck to me feels like um, not as romantic. Like a pop kiss to me feels like, and not not in like a sexually romantic way, but in like I okay, you know how they all kiss on friends? They all kiss on the mouth. I, I knew this was going to be your point of <laughs> reference. That's all I talk about. <laughs> they all kiss each other on the mouth, even Ross and Monica, and that's a oh. pop kiss because they all love each other and they're all just like bye. Pop. Why is that not a okay? Kiss? So maybe why is that not a peck? Peck feels older to me. Peck oh. feels like like a 
grandfather giving you like a peck on your cheek. Okay. So are you saying that like a pop kiss implies more intimacy mm-hmm. rather? Okay. Yeah. Like I, I feel, like, feel like you could peck a stranger on the cheek. I was going to say, can we normalize pop kissing strangers? Yeah, but, we can. But, you know. We can and we should. <laughs> I'm excited to hang out in person so I can pop kiss both of you. I know. I can't wait to pop kiss. <laughs> Fully vaccinated pop kisses for everybody. Wow. Um, okay. So I was going to ask, you have a British mom? This is news to me. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I do. Were you where were you, were you born in the states or no? I was born in the states. Uh, my mother was born in England and was there until she was like fourteen, fifteen, and then took the Queen Mary that is now in Long Beach. Uh, she and her fa- she and her family came over on that. So, what? So cool. That's iconic. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, what is the? You know, how has the British culture like influenced your personality or your confidence? Because yeah. it's different. I want to know that too. Then, I want to know that too. Yeah, it's different than uh, America, American, uh, I don't want to say values, but you know what I mean. Right. It's different. Everywhere is different. So I'm curious. I, I do think that my mom, I think my whole English family, because I did grow up going there every other year starting in like the fifth grade which I do think was very formative uh just like going out in the world um and then my mom's family there are all incredibly funny and I think she is funny and I do think that that may come from a bit of like Brits are kind of like uh sarcastic and a little self-deprecating and uh I don't know I do think there's a specific humor so that may be uh kind of informed my confidence and then another thing that my therapist once pointed out to me was that like even the move of immigrating like my mom's parents were just like we're gonna go to another country where we don't really know anyone and we're just gonna start out and see how it goes um is like a very brave thing to do uh and so I do think that impact like subconsciously I like moved from the East Coast over to the West Coast kind of alone. Like none of my family's out here. Um, So I think in that way, that was also informative. Mm. Yeah, this like fearlessness, this like courage combined with like independence, it feels like. Mm -hmm. Right. And I I wouldn't necessarily describe myself as fear. I would describe myself as pretty fearful. Uh, (laughs) But but that felt kind of baked in. (laughs) The like the possibility of you can go somewhere far away and uh, kind of like start your start your life on your own. that felt like very built-in possibility for me that's so cool yeah Yeah, that's so cool um so did you both okay so I know Talia you went to college Victoria did you go to college I did okay how was that experience for you I loved college when I think about college I feel a tightening in my chest uh because it's like one of the more like nostalgic and like visceral feelings uh in my life because I like Talia went to school for theater Mm -hmm. and I think it is the time in my life I was doing what I loved the most consistently with people that also loved that thing and Mm -hmm. also you didn't have like as many real world worries right as I do now right yeah and then it's like how do you cultivate that feeling in as an adult like how do you cultivate that sense of like being around I guess 
you know, doing comedy and improv and yeah. being in, in that world absolutely helps. But what if someone... I'm always curious, like, what if someone doesn't have the ability, like, lives in a town that isn't Los Angeles yes. or, like, lives in a place yeah. that, like, doesn't have the things that they want to do, you know? I'm like, how do you cultivate that as an adult? And I don't have an answer. I don't know, because it's true that, like, UCB was huge for me in that sense. That was our comedy theater uh, because it felt the closest to that. Oh, being with people who all also love being on stage or think that storytelling is important yeah so I don't know when you're in a place when I think it's really hard I keep telling my one of my best friends is uh we're from northern California and we always did theater and comedy together and she's the funniest person in the world and she works you know for a big tech company Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you should try to do a like a comedy class like around. And she's like, I don't want to fucking do that. You know, like it's so hard to get yourself out of your bubble when that's not the thing that you do every day. And we are lucky enough to be like, oh, yeah, no, this becomes part of what I do every day being in L.A. Yeah. or New yeah. York or Chicago. How has um, and this is a question for both of you, how has covid and not being able to do comedy at least live comedy how has that how how have you dealt with that how has that affected you has it affected your confidence in any way and then now that things are opening back up how do you feel about it i feel um sad (laughs) i miss i miss being on stage i miss doing comedy um i think it kept me going so much being able to perform once a week and get that response back um, and that kind of like immediate validation like Mm -hmm. you're doing what you're supposed to be doing because they're clapping for you or they're laughing at you the the flip side of that during COVID is that I've started writing I've trying to create more and it's opened up such a different world because I don't have that two hours a week that I'm getting that validation where I'm like oh no I'm doing my work for my career and so I feel like I'm just I am doing so much more because I don't have that so in a lot of ways I'm really grateful to it and then the other side is and just even in terms of acting like I just haven't had a lot of practice and being able to perform on stage once a week even though it wasn't we weren't doing scene study. I wasn't doing scene study. We were improvising our own stuff for ourselves. Um, it kept your acting, or my, personally, it kept my acting so much sharper and so much more fun. And I felt so, like a well-oiled machine. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, I will take like an hour and a half to do like a two-page self-tape. Right. And I, with, I'll like make my husband do it back a million times and be like, no, I'm so stupid. Yeah, but I can't like I'll just like have a full <laughs> breakdown about it when you're like calm down girl this is for a web series that might not even be made anymore you know so yeah. I definitely feel out of practice uh, yeah I can compl- I relate to that of having like a self-tape and then being like well I'm not an actor anymore because I don't know truly oh. like you went to school for this you have years of experience and practice and I'm like no what nope I'm done I'm done it's done for me I don't know what I'm doing 
I can't say these three lines. Uh -uh. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's like a commercial where it's like, "Mm, yum. I'm like, well, that was horrible. Uh (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. V, how do you? The hardest auditions. They really are. Um, Oh, yeah. V, how how has, like, COVID and quarantine affected you and your confidence? Yeah. Uh, I think. Or has it? Maybe it hasn't. Well, on the one hand, I think it's a little, it's a little, uh, it's a little of two things um on the one hand I also like Talia have felt very sad be and in a way almost in a way that I'm like I can't even fully investigate because if I think too much about like the consistency with which I used to perform I will cry Mm -hmm. um uh and I've also noticed that without it um without the improv shows what I really start to feel like I'm missing is actually like being in a play on stage in a play with a cast so I I do I love improv and I always want to do it if I can I'm so grateful for any time I do it but it was also a good check-in for me to be like oh you know what that was kind of um like curbing a craving but it mm. wasn't actually me getting the thing that I'm 100% craving oh my gosh I, that makes I, so in fact sense. I feel like sometimes in scenes I'm like this maybe isn't on game, but I'm just going to take it to an emotional place because that's where yeah. I want to live right now. Uh, so um, so that's been a good check-in for me. Don't have a plan as to how I'm going to address it yet, uh, but <laughs> I'm aware of it. Um, yeah. Uh, but then on the other hand, I feel like I've started like cultivating my life a little bit more to mm. like we've started this podcast. Um, uh n- I feel like pointing myself in the direction of doing more things that I feel like spiritually connected to uh that does make me feel more confident that Mm. does make well uh I have worked in restaurants for my whole post-college life and that is a huge confidence killer and Talia and I talk about this a lot um because I never had people talk to me like I'm dumber than they do over the phone like or at a restaurant host stand um and not having been in a restaurant working in a restaurant for the past year and a half has been a huge confidence boost I I oh my god yeah I completely forgot that the past 18 months we haven't been able to go anywhere yeah Mm -hmm. are you planning to go back into a restaurant job fuck yes fuck (laughs) Yes. That's not to say there's anything wrong with it, but at all. I've I've done that my entire life too. But like when you make a choice to actively make a change, it doesn't have to be related to the restaurant industry at all. That's not what I meant. I just meant like doing sort of the inventory of of yourself and being like, this is not making me happy. This is making me happy. I'm going to go ahead and nix this one and enhance this one. Just that aspect is huge and sometimes it takes something big like restaurant industry shutting down yes. completely right. to like jumpstart us into like knowing what we actually want and what we don't want right because oh, I remember I remember I was working in a restaurant and they this was pre-covid but they shut down um just because they couldn't afford the like rent the the rent Ugh, anymore sure right? And so, but I had told myself, you know, this is going to be my last restaurant job. And I was not expecting it to get shut down. I was expecting to be the one in control of like when I was going to quit. 
but I was not in control of it and they shut down and I was like forced to either get another restaurant job or find something else to make ends meet um but it was the best it was the best thing that's happened to me because it just forced me out of my comfort zone you know yeah because I was making bank like it was like a West Hollywood restaurant I was making like money bartend like you know doing all this stuff but I was like unhappy so so I'm did it make me more oh that's okay don't worry about it did it make me more poor yes but did it make me happier yes yes (laughs) like figuring out like what you want you know and I do think that's worth it even just to tell yourself like oh I am invested in what I want I won't just stay at this other thing because it's comfortable even though it keeps me from moving forward uh and I think that's a good thing to communicate to ourselves yeah, because it reminds yeah. you that, like, you're worthy. Like, you have worth. Yeah. It's and your such joy a big is, one. you know, it's like your joy. You're you're worthy of experiencing happiness and joy, which is crazy that we have to remind ourselves that. But I, I do. Know. Oh, my God. I have to. I mean, I was teaching these kids. I'm, like, something very similar with me and Victoria. Right. I've been teaching these kids. And I loved the woman that I worked for. And I loved these kids. I had seen some of these kids since they were four years old and you know like different ages and I've seen them every week you know for years and uh it was making me feel small and like a clown when we turned from in person to virtual Mm. and I just became (laughs) it put a literal mirror up to your face because you had to do it on zoom and I didn't really get to teach them improv anymore like it everything was kind of stripped away from it and it was like babysitting over zoom for an hour and that's also fine and it was very sweet and I think it gave the kids a lot but after a year of doing it I was like I don't want to do this anymore Mm -hmm. there's no real reason why I can't do this and I'm just gonna stop doing it because I'm going to yeah yeah and it's huge it's 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 big so it's like (laughs) this year as brutal and painful and atrocious it was there is that like flip side to it you know which is like very representative of everything in life it's like there's a there's a shadow side and a light side yeah everything it's just like whether or not you're in the space to like recognize that you know yeah um yeah and you know what I've also found that like once I was once the restaurant shut down I have done so many other things like I've just done so many other things not even in the world of like acting and art but just like you know to make ends meet but it's yeah. been like fun and I've because I've had to learn all these other skills yeah I've, I'm yeah. More, more confident as a person now because I was I'm I'm like I don't know how to do that but I need to make money so I guess I'll figure out how to do that like and yes. then you figure it out it's just like podcasting stuff too it's yeah. like Oh, I have this thing I want to do. I have no idea how to do it, but I'll figure it out. And then on the other yeah. side of it, you're like much more confident because you didn't have a skill and now you do have a skill. So, yes. You know what I mean? I do. I love that because the other side, you know, it's not just that guests made me feel small working at a restaurant, even mm. though that was a big part of it. It was also me just staying there and accepting that as like this is the thing I do yeah also uh 
it was also me like not demonstrating a confidence in me being able to do other things right and that inertia can be really tough of just like I guess I'm just staying here yeah I will I used to say that all the time like the only job I could have besides acting and being in the film industry is waitressing right and it's like what and again there's nothing there's nothing wrong with any of this it's just when you forget that you can do a lot of things and you only think you can do one thing it plays it it takes a toll on your confidence 100 percent. my bet one of my best friends still work or used to work before covid work at the restaurant that we worked at made a shit ton of money yeah and on and would go off for weeks at a time and do photography um you know all across the country and that worked perfectly for him yeah that's wonderful and and it was like great this is everybody's fine it didn't make him feel less confident right it wasn't tied up in how he saw himself when it became a big like identity for me of like well I'm Talia I'm either the waitress or I'm like the clown teacher for little kids (laughs) and just wasn't it wasn't the story I needed to tell myself no And just on restaurants, I do just want to communicate. I think working in a restaurant is one of the most important jobs that people can have. And if it is like, and and there are people who make a beautiful career out of it. And like, you have some of the most contact with people. You impact people's days and lives, like the regulars who come into your restaurant. Um, It was nothing to do with the importance or like validity of the job. It was just that. It's not what I wanted to do. No, it's not the job. It's not that specific yeah. job. It would, it would, even if you worked like HR in a company, you would still feel the same way. Totally. Um, Absolutely. Which is just another thing with American culture that I find not great is like we equate our careers to our worth and our value. Oh, And it's yeah. like we have to remember you're more than your career, I which know. is... It's hard to separate it out, but like you gotta do it at some point. I think I don't know yes. what are y'all what are y'all's I, takes on that. Oh, Huge. I yeah, you're just so right. The, uh, a moment ago when you said we have to be reminded to prioritize like our joy, uh, that it is absolutely not an American thing. I don't think. I remember my yeah. therapist pointing out to me. Uh, when we were probably having a conversation like this uh, you know in other countries they don't ask people what do you do and that's like what we lead with here uh, and when we say what do you do we mean what is your job what pays right, you yeah. What yeah. Pay- uh, and really like what pays you the mo- like if you have yes, multiple it's yeah. like what you know what I mean what's your real money maker yeah, yeah. Uh, totally yeah. and even just the way like other countries prioritize paid vacation and what like maternity leave yeah everything yes everything like that is an investment in the happiness of people's lives uh whereas we are we are very much and I mean I love money but we are very much a bottom line that is yeah that is the thing Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting because um Casey is uh Australian or he is his mom's Australian. He's a dual citizen. But like there, they have like three weeks off for Christmas. Like their summers yeah. are big. Their maternity leaves great. They're like they have all these things. It's like because they want their citizens to yeah. be well, you know? God forbid <laughs> yeah. you no, want your true. citizens to be well. It's well, it's wellness. Yeah. It's wellness and wellness is not 
prioritized over here. So I followed this person on Instagram. Uh-oh. All about like, you know, the toxins in our food because I'm you know, all about, you know. And uh, she does side-by-sides of different like big, big brand like Kellogg's or or whatever, you know, Quaker Oats or some bullshit like that. And the shit that they put in the American versions of the same thing that they're putting in the British or Australian or whatever, the ingredients that make up these products are so different. They put in so many chemicals and so many unnecessary things in the U.S. because it's not regulated. And in Europe, it's like oats and a little bit of sugar and like a couple, you know, other things thrown in for preservatives. And with the U.S., it's just like this, 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 this. And it's wild. And they're, it's the same company and it's the same product. What's the thought process? It's cheaper to make? I th- I do, I'm going to answer and I don't know. So Victoria? I'm about to display some confidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, babe. I, yes. Feel, I feel like it's what you said, Talia, about we don't like to overregulate companies here because uh. we want we again the bottom line is the money yeah and as but opposed like, to the wellness of humans i mean even makeup i'm really in a non-toxic right now no 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 this is interesting to me because it's like but okay so not regulating it what does that do for the just company? cheaper cheaper, cheaper versions right yeah right, just right, cheaper right. versions oh we can make this a lot cheaper in the u.s if right. we put in this this and this instead of the real actual ingredient that it is or um, a non-artificial like flavoring or something you know I, I'm really talking right. about my ass here but um, and we could be spreading lies <laughs> and this is all coming out of my own no um anyway all to say I think there's a huge lack of care for the people of the United States within the, you know, we're like kind of, I'm, I can't really just say it's the government. I think it's just the culture, like yeah. the however many hundreds of year old culture that we've developed here. Yeah. And then it's like, well, we exist in a capitalist society that doesn't prioritize wellness. Mm-hmm. So how wh- how do I operate within that? Like, I know that I need this. So like, what do I do to combat this like societal norm? It, it's hard. It's fucking hard. It's not really to say hard. that it, it's not also a privilege that we live in America. Like, it's it, I'm, I recognize that as yes. well. My both, God, yeah. Both can exist. You know, both can be true. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I I just think it takes a lot of work. Mm. Yeah. I think it takes yeah. a lot of work to like prioritize your wellness over living. I mean, I, I used to say for a million years, well, once I get this job, then I'm going to be able to really mm-hmm. start living my life. And it's like, oh, you're living your life. Whenever the job happens, it's going to be a part of your life or whenever that thing happens or more money happens. So I think that it takes work to remember that often. Yeah. I don't know, Rebecca, that's such a good question. And it's really hard because so much of it, I do think really um, is tied up in the reality of how things work in our country. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because it's expensive to exist, (laughs) prioritize your wellness. Yeah, Uh, it's a privilege to be able to do that. 
yeah, to even research an- things. I mean, I was trying to fucking research makeup. It took me fucking 12 days to figure out one foundation that I liked out of all just trying to learn. It's like learning new things. You have to learn how to find a therapist. You have to learn how to manage your money. You have to learn how to, you know. You have to get healthcare. Get, get That's healthcare. That's it. It's, I mean, being able to see a doctor and have it be – somewhere you're not scared to go and you trust going and a place you feel like people are going to listen to you I mean there's just so many barriers to entry yeah that truly to guarantee we are just such a I do think we are such a society that's like we're not going to worry about it on the front end we're going to buy it later um yes. but if you're not in a position where you can buy it later then it's just like I guess this is never going to be a part of my life right yeah yeah Yes. One, Not to be 1, depressing. 000. No, it's, I mean, it is depressing and it's the reality and it's something that like we can actively work to change and hopefully are actively working to change. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I did want to touch on spirituality for a minute because V, I know you mentioned that that was something that either you're working on or something that's interesting to you. So I'd love to hear you speak a little bit more on spirituality and how that's affected you as a person. Well, if you feel comfortable, if you know, absolutely, totally, 100% I do. I was just thinking <laughs> what my origin story is there. Uh, I grew, I was born in Pennsylvania and grew up in a town where like everybody went to church on Sunday. There were like, you know, three different churches and you went to one of them. Not a lot of like religious diversity or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I don't know, uh, around... 12 or so or maybe even earlier than that we stopped going uh but like I've always liked my mom was a philosophy major I don't know if this is part of it but like I've always found that stuff very interesting and it makes me feel very tethered to the world and the universe and like uh what I don't know something bigger and cosmic uh that all makes me feel good and alive and connected um but I I don't know that I that I do something so I'm just like a nature girl I think maybe um for that stuff honestly Talia you've probably done more like healing work and uh (laughs) things like that that feel more proactive well no I feel like it's important to touch on all the things that make people feel spiritual or connected to the universe because it's different for everybody so if it's being in nature for you then it's being in nature for you if it's going to church for you then it's going to church for you you know right I feel like the more we try to say like this is what spirituality is or this is what connectedness is yeah the worse off we're all we all are because we're all different and we all connect differently so I love that for you it's like a thing about nature and universe and being tethered to it and being connected to people around you I relate to that so much yeah yeah I like to say things to the universe uh every day me too (laughs) yeah oh my god (laughs) And, you gotta uh, talk to the universe. Y- you gotta talk to the universe, and it's fun. It's good to have like you know some mantras with the universe, and then when you go somewhere where you feel particularly connected to the oh, universe, yeah. like if you're in Joshua Tree or another nat- like in a in a park or what or wherever, just on your walk or something, and then to say the like affirmation to the universe, then oh, it feels. It's where very, do you get your I like mantras? Your mantras and affirmations. Do you come up with them yourself, or is there like a source you go to for it? 
I think, well, so I honestly, some of them did come from what I think you could only call a self-help book. I don't know. Talia has read it, but it's, I think, what is it? You Are a Badass? Is that it? I don't know if you've um, read that, yeah, Rebecca, but it. I haven't. It's, it's all about, oh my God, like, what's inviting. It yeah. I think it's You Are a Badass. Yeah. And a friend sent it to me, which was, like, so kind of this friend. She's a librarian. Uh, she sent it to me. She was like, I think this could, I think this might resonate with you. And it was that coincided with me working with a therapist who was also um, into affirmations. And I also, like so many of us, have like so many of these pathways that I've built in my, we all have these, but my path, my neural pathways that uh, I go down all the time and affirmations are a great way to um, interrupt those thoughts. Ugh, yes. Uh, so, um, uh, so, uh, the first ones that I ever really connected to were in this book and then yeah. I have then I have like adjusted and amended and made up my own but what's so no I feel like affirmations are so on the so like in the cultural consciousness right now yeah I they see really new are. ones all the time mm -hmm. um yeah. yeah and I like loving kindness meditation uh so I like you know saying to like saying stuff like you know may I be love may I know that I am love like what yeah. any anything like that whatever you're needing at the moment yeah. yeah and you're right about them being kind of prevalent right now at least if you're on technology like I see them on Instagram all the time I see them on TikTok all the time yeah pick up this book uh ask a friend come up with them yourself but oh my god you yeah. know you're right they are so they're so very helpful um Talia what's your relationship with spirituality um, I think I was always a little tapped into like there's something else going on around me. I was always I always felt like that and um I was raised Jewish and I still am Jewish, but I was raised um like going to temple and Hebrew school and like really being involved in the temple. Like my whole family was kind of uh a part of the temple my whole life and my cousins and my my dad's brother and his older sister and his younger brother both converted to orthodox judaism mm. before i was born and so i have i have been around extreme religion mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that has pushed me further away from wanting too much association with judaism mm. which like has balanced out i think when i was younger i was like I don't want this anywhere near me. And then now I'm like, oh my God, how beautiful to light two candles every Friday night and like yes. take a moment to think about your week and like give your family a hug and a kiss and be like, I hope I didn't do anything to offend you this week. And I hope, <laughs> and I, for, I hope you forgive me if I have. And then like having a day of rest and not that I do any of these things, but sometimes I do. And uh, I think it's really beautiful after, like kind of in my 20s I just kind of fell into more of like my own spirituality a lot more like yoga meditation kundalini um and then seeing healers and so a lot of like crystal work a lot of I told Victoria I have my special angel cards that I read. Um, I love these cards. That I love. And um, what are angel cards? I don't even know what that these is. are. Like an or that's you know how you can like have a deck of tarot cards or um, 
these are called angel cards, which are, they're called like oracle cards. And really, you kind of use them as like your own little meditation or something. So you shuffle them up, you put your hand on them, you say like, thank you angels for revealing to me what I need to know. And then you pick a card and there's all kinds of things on these cards, like take a breath or um, the power of forgiveness or whatever. And it goes through and it kind of details. And there's a little book that comes with it and it tells you about what the card means. And then there's these um, archangels. And so sometimes it's like, you have I pull up the archangel Michael and he's all about protection and and they kind of give you some affirmations too to say with it and it's just a nice reminder if you're feeling spinny about anything or you, mm. there's different ways to read the cards but sometimes like we'll be in bed and I'll be like Tim you want to read an angel card and he's like okay <laughs> and so we both like pull out our angel uh, we pull an angel card at the end of the day and then it's That's just like so something to think about or I do it in the morning and just a little reminder kind of grounding and then also meditation and um I I just fully believe in I'm I fully believe in the universe and the spirituality of all of it and I I I really feel like um I just I'm I'm in it I buy into it I I do as well, but I haven't heard of these angel cards, but I'm absolutely going to buy them because... Kyle Gray. I'll take a picture of them. I'll send them to you. (laughs) Because what a great way to reflect. Reflecting is um, so helpful, but not always the easiest thing to sort of do unless you have like already you have like a journaling practice, which Mm -hmm. I, I... Journaling doesn't work for me. I'm already thinking about how I feel every second of every the last thing I need to do is reflect on how how I feel I I already know (laughs) Rebecca this is so how I feel I I always have trouble with journaling every night I try to be like I should journal something I'm like I've thought about it all day I don't want to I don't need to keep doing this but this just in particular you can ask a question and kind of see what reflects back or you just kind of pull it and it just helps give me a little bit of like outside awareness um yes I'm yes. very, I'm very into that. It, it yeah. really, uh, along with all of these books, like the one that Victoria and I talked about, uh, Creative Visualization by Shakti Gawain, I believe that's what it's called. That's okay. uh, her name, the author. And, and then anything like Louise Hay, uh, mm-hmm. Marianne Williamson, yeah. Marianne Williams, Williamson. Williamson. I, I don't know. I don't know names. So I'm going to 1000% butcher all these people. But that's I've read okay. their work. I really like it. And, um, and I get all of my spirituality guru stuff from Laura Chin. So you can ask her and she'll tell you the real. I, yeah, mine's I was going to say. the secondhand story. I, yeah, I've, I interviewed her for this podcast and I, it's, she's a wealth of knowledge for sure. Um, yeah. And, and the cool thing that I kind of am hearing from both of you is like you come from different like religious backgrounds, but you've taken from the, those um religions or what you grew up with you've taken what works for you and you've left what doesn't and Mm -hmm. I think that's very cool and um something we should all do for for everything is like oh this works for me great I'm gonna use it this doesn't oh cool Uh, it's not for me I'm not gonna like fucking diss it but like I don't need it yeah yeah you know yeah which I think is a very healthy way of of viewing it um we're starting to wrap up, but I still have more questions. So I'm just going to keep oh going my God. a little bit longer. Yes. If that's okay with you both. Oh my God. Uh, I do this all coffee. day long. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Me too. <sighs> me too. Um, 
my question is and and obviously if this is um too personal like don't tell do don't tell something that's too personal if you don't want to um and i'm just wondering because a lot of a, a lot of times we have experienced something that has shaken our confidence in our adult life and learning how to overcome that or reflecting on what you did to overcome it so that you can better handle the next obstacle is is pretty essential in cultivating confidence so I'm wondering if either of you have experienced something that has you know caused your confidence to take a hit and if so how did you overcome that and come back from it I know it's a big Mm -hmm. question whether it's like a work thing or something in your personal I I know (laughs) yes I'm I'm like I like a rock bottom quote unquote or you know (laughs) Or it could be something okay. little like, oh, I forgot my lines at this one thing and it was like mortifying. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I do remember every scenario in which that has happened. <laughs> uh, and this is specifically adult life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it could be either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could be growing up. Truly, yeah. truly whenever. And like Victoria, have I told you anything that comes to mind about me? Well, like the thing is, is I do think I do think we've uh, I don't want to speak for you, Talia, but like I'm sure every breakup I've gone through has rocked my confidence in some way. Yeah. Just because I do think so much of my confidence comes from feeling safe and secure. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, like I know growing up one of my family members really battled addiction and that kind of started in high school for me with like a near-death experience for them and then like relapses uh, you know um, and uh, uh, that definitely rattled like oh I have no control <laughs> uh, mm. and stuff outside stuff can just happen and um be you know really hard and it you you can't do anything uh and that was a thing that kind of lasted a long uh, a long time and then everyone ended up okay which is so nice and I think um I left that experience feeling like I know I don't have any control, so the only thing I can do is be so grateful that things are good right now, that I'm safe right here right now. Um, you know, as far as I know, my family's all safe right here and right now. Uh, <laughs> one time I was in therapy in college, and I was saying I was worried everyone was going to die, and that's why I had anxiety. And when I left, I had 11 missed calls because my boyfriend had been in a car accident. Jesus Christ. Uh, he was oh fine. Oh my god. He was fine. It was like a little a little thing, but <laughs> I do think that was funny. I mean, yeah, we don't have control over anything. It's like a facade. It's like certain right. things seem like they're in our control, but really there's not. And like cert- there's no such thing as certainty. The only thing that's yeah. certain is that everything is uncertain. And then yeah. it's like, well, what do you do with that knowledge? Yeah. You know, or how do you continue to exist knowing that? Yeah. Yes. I don't know. It's hard. Um, it's hard. Talia. Um, I have like a surfacey one and then like I have a deeper one that <laughs> so dealer's choice, whichever you want to talk my, about. I feel comfortable talking about my surfacey one is that I had written my first like pilot and somebody 
liked it and they were like I want to send this to a big agency and my rep at a big agency and I was like okay you can and then the big rep read it and was just like I don't I just uh, sure she can maybe write but like I just don't think she's funny and I was like okay that's the only way I identify that's the only way I think I'm gonna make money in this town and it just it threw me for such a loop I had to talk about it for many weeks and people would be like okay we get it and I was like but do you get it like do you understand like what am I gonna do with my life and yeah very silly um also this is not surfacey at all Oh, really? No. I have a way deeper one, you guys. (laughs) I mean, I, you know me. I'm just I'm ready to go as deep as you want. But, uh, um, but, uh, that I kind of like lost my mind a little bit. And I, of course, Victoria knows I left my manager. This had nothing to do with my managers. And I still left my managers of eight years, which was like a very big company. And I like kind of, felt like I needed to shake everything up so it was in some way my rock bottom because I was like oh I'm on this new path and doing this new journey and and I felt very shot down and then I was like well I gotta like throw everything out of whack so that I can like it was kind of like smash everything so that like I could let the dust settle and then like really see what I was working with Mm -hmm. um and I think I just had to be like not everybody's gonna like you and you gotta just keep going and I I mean working on that a lot as much as I can like some people are gonna think you're funny and some people aren't gonna think you're funny and you know what I'm I'm my whole goal is to think is to get my comedy you know in front of millions of people so if I can't handle one person not liking my comedy it's gonna be real hard when you know like I'm sure Tiffany Haddish I, I can't imagine that people are always super nice to her. I'm sure some people are like, I'm not really here for your brand of humor. And I'm sure she says to that, then don't fucking listen to it. Then fine. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So so it's just constantly telling myself, that's okay. And, you know, that's easier said than done, right? It's like. Well, yeah. Y- I mean, it was a Yeah, not everybody. Ago. Like, not and everybody's still talking gonna, about it. <laughs> I mean, I would be too. Uh, it's. not everyone's gonna like us you me anybody else like and that sucks but it's just like inevitable so it's just like oh well do I like the stuff that I'm doing if I don't like the stuff that I'm doing then now everything's 10 times worse if I don't like it and you don't like it yeah fuck but if just you don't like it then okay I guess you're stupid yeah (laughs) and you know what that was part of my healing was to be like you know what there are things I am actually happy to change about this pilot right like I don't know everything it probably shouldn't have been sent to this person it's too new whatever I'm not a writing savant I don't I don't just like have the gift of writing so there is work put into this and like maybe it was too soon but also okay so like let's go back and look at this and like what can I do to make this even better um and also you know you're funny yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, not to bully you. I'm into a regular hoot. That, but, um, yeah, you fucking are. Yeah, you guys, it's great. But that's not. This is not a fishing. This was just like really brought me down. <laughs> but um, 
but also great fine yeah here we are I've I've also experienced a little bit of I don't know if either of you uh experiences at all but like being a woman in comedy I often have felt like uh I have needed to be a certain type of woman in comedy which is like this is what I've experienced. I don't know if this is what y'all have experienced. Yeah. Um, when I back when I was like not doing comedy and I was like, I'm a traditional thespian. Like I went to theater school. I don't do that. I was like more pigeonholed into being like, you know, the young ingenue babe. Whereas in comedy, I'm. It's more like the the comedy type is like kind of quirky and kind of like I don't know. But it's not really who I am. And. I haven't found that there's a place for who I am in comedy, which is like, mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out who I am. I think it's going to be a lifelong journey, but it's a little bit brass and like a little bit like rock and roll and a little bit like mm-hmm. not what you think a person in comedy would be like my brand or whatever. Uh-huh. And I have changed myself so much to try to fit into what like a network comedy person what those photos should look like, what those, I don't have Twitter, but like what those Instagram posts should sound like. And it's not me. Have either of you experienced that sort of feeling? (sighs) Talia and I are on an improv team together. (laughs) And we, I mean, Rebecca, the truth is, is what you're saying is that in my opinion, there is almost no room for a non, non non-male uh, nuance in comedy. Sure. Yes. Uh, oh, the perfect phrase, nuance. Yes, exactly. Uh, because we're all and nuanced, have, and that's why they don't understand us. Okay, keep going. It's true. No, no. But we have been on stage before, mm-hmm. and I know that this maybe sounds like I know well, maybe I, y'all I, just weren't funny. Yes. <laughs> but and that uh, is a possibility. But I don't think sure. it's true. But we've been on stage before, where the reaction uh, is like, "Oh, I." I'm pretty sure this is funny, but for some reason, this mostly male audience doesn't know what to do with that. So we would do scenes with other people and they'd yuck, yuck it up. And then Victoria and I would step out on stage and the room would go quiet. The room would just fully (laughs) be like, well, we're not going to give it to you. And we'd be like, well, we're playing a game here. We're doing all the things. And uh, I honestly felt this way at UCB for a very long time I felt like I had to convince people that I was funny and I had to I mean I went to boot camp for I did boot camp for years and I felt like I had to learn like like earn people's trust same uh, that you were allowed to you know like that they were allowed to laugh at me Mm -hmm. like there was like a little weird you know there are some people that can walk out on stage and everybody just laughs yeah 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 yep I felt like I was like the reverse of that. Yeah. Where it was too. like everybody's like, and this oh, is going to be a gross be analogy, but like a like everybody's like comedy boner like shrunk back in their pants. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would wear baggy sweatshirts. I would take off my makeup. I would put me on. Me too. Honey, I didn't know I anybody. Else I would just like, way, but of course, put my hair in like, like a weird bun, and I would be like, "I'm, I'm a monster." And, yeah, like I'm, di- like yes, it's yes, 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 yes. But I like wearing makeup, and I like dressing 
rock and roll like I yeah that's what I, think I like it's changed doing. though I do think it's changed I think we can't I think personally I think I came like right towards or I was at the end of like such the boys club mm-hmm. I'm not sure how you guys feel but then I started pe- seeing people like wearing their like a cute outfit on stage and I was like what the fuck we're allowed to like not wear a baggy sweatshirt on stage I, I think it, I feel like things have changed and also I allowed myself to change too and I allowed my like more of my real personality to show through but I think I really tried to change my personality and my look uh, to try to get people to laugh at me. Yeah. V, what do you yeah. think about it? I just think that we and I think I've been guilty of this. Like I don't need to put this I don't have to put this all on like the male comedy uh Sure presidents or whatever although a lot of it yeah a president. lot of that blame is there I couldn't think of a thing so I went president I, lo- I think uh, that's so yeah. fucking funny so. I could name quite a few of them yes um, but like but I do know I do think that sometimes we're like hey you don't get to also have that you don't get to like I, I do think this is a human reaction of like you don't get to be hot and funny and smart and all that. You you need to look quirky, uh, which like <laughs> there are plenty of hot quirky people. Like everybody can be hot, uh, and I just don't think I just don't think that uh, there was allowed to be as much nuance. Um, but again, I know someone could be listening to this who could just be like Victoria. <laughs> You just weren't funny a lot of the time. <laughs> no, uh, they'd be wrong. Boo, I don't they'd believe be it. Wrong. They'd I be wrong. They'd be wrong. No, if three people but, are, if three women are talking and feeling the same way, uh, I would beg, I would, I would think that there were more if there are three. That's a tribunal, it. baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> bang, bang. Is that what they do uh, in tribunal? Mm-hmm. What's it? What's bang, a, bang, gavels. Is that a uh, survivor tribunal? That's what I was. Oh. That's what I was thinking. I don't. I haven't. I don't know Survivor, but that's I don't either. How I know that word? <laughs> I guess I was just thinking because there's three of us. Um, but mm-hmm. so try sure. Try but what's, what's Bunal but, mean? So it means the I think reality show Survivor. <laughs> yeah. They patented. Uh, um, okay. Do you okay. have any last things before I do like our little ra- like our wrap up? Do you have any? last little tips or pointers or anything you do when you wake up in the morning to like give yourself confidence do you have a routine do you first thing I do I meditate I know angel cards are playing a factor nature is playing a factor but is there anything that like you have to do daily or weekly or monthly to keep you in like the headspace of confidence I drink hot water with lemon oh I love that every every morning I love almost straw? pretty almost every morning. It's too hot to drink through a straw. Got to drink. Mm. I got to blow on it and drink it like out of a little mug. <laughs> <laughs> what does that give you? Uh, Just like a sense of stability and consistency in a world yeah. that isn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, um, like feeling like getting nutrients or like, like a warm thing that feels very healthy. And also, truly taking my dog out for a walk in the morning. I always walk my dog in the morning and being like, fresh air, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Or fresh air, I'm so depressed. You know, whatever it's going to be. But it's like really getting outside. Yeah. Yeah. I relate to that. A brain supporter. 
Uh, well, I mean, in the same vein as Talia, I'm a huge coffee person. It Sometimes I can't fall asleep right away because I'm so excited for coffee in the morning. Um, I think that ritual is like really special and poetic and uh, I just freaking love it. Um, but, but I think that that speaks to, I, the, one of the better things I've done for myself in the past like three years uh, is sort of locate things that make me feel like myself and make me feel in touch with myself and connected to myself um and I try to do those uh like, like going to the movies by myself got is it, one of them got it. um like there's daily stuff and then there which would be like going on walks every day mm-hmm. but then there's that monthly stuff of like I should take myself out and like yeah spend some time with myself yeah totally um, totally yeah. relate to that okay I'm gonna um recap my notes Victoria and Talia's tips for confidence uh feel free to change change correct uh I'm not opposed to notes I love a good note so here we go don't look at anyone else's paper don't second guess yourself uh Talia you said this and I only wrote down half of it but it's standalone in the belief that I don't remember the rest of it so I'm gonna have that you know that you know what you want yeah, that's yeah, perfect. Maybe. That you know what you want. Great. Uh, I about that. Yeah. Realize what you need to nurture yourself. Give kindness to yourself. Cultivate your ability to communicate to others. Don't give a fuck. Therapy. Know that you know what you need. I love that. Mm-hmm. Be a nice woman while being in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, know when you need a break. Travel courage independence give yourself validation rather than looking for it externally check Mm -hmm. in with yourself about your interests are they the same have they changed connect Mm. to your spirituality invest in yourself learn new skills don't remain stagnant you're more than your career remember to prioritize your joys prioritize wellness change the view that quote like once I get this I can live my life or once I get this my life will be complete find something that makes you feel connected to the universe talk to the universe books you are a badass creative visualization also I just like you are a badass like it's yes it's a book title but also it's the truth Um, find and say affirmations create your own interrupt the negative neural pathways Uh, Loving kindness meditation, yoga, angel cards, uh, find time to reflect. You have no control, so be grateful. Get outside, find a ritual that gives you a sense of control in the world. Locate things that make you feel like you. Oh, sheesh. I'm emotional. I know. That's a very powerful thing you did. Yeah. It's a very good list that I am very excited to reread and like delve back into some of some of these incredible ones um what a host you are this is incredible this was such a good time uh it's so fun right I could seriously do it all day I absolutely love doing it um and I love you're so good at it you both were phenomenal it's easy when you have guests like you guys um Thank you for being so open. Thank you for giving me some of your time. Thank you for your vulnerability and your honesty. It's been a complete treat, and it's my pleasure having you. Um, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, thank you so much. Of course, thank this you was so the best. much. It's it. it this really is such good. a good list. I'm trying to like 
there's always like a couple standout ones where I'm like, oh my God, I've never thought of it that way before. And there are so many in, in this session. I think it's because we have two, two wonderful minds in one place. Two, two brains. And you did it. You, you did, did two it. People Bring people yes. together. Yeah, I did two people at once. Yes. I'm a pro at that. Um, You're a pro. Uh, where can people find you? Tell, so where can they find your podcast? Where can they find you? To give me all the, all the deets. Yes. Yes, so Talia and I co-host a podcast. Uh, it's called Friends Talk Frasier and Feelings. It is a mental health appreciation podcast where we, you know, channel our discussions through Frasier. It's incredible. Uh, <laughs> I had the honor of being a guest in an episode, and it was we so, so fun. We uh, so it's lucky. available. That was such a good episode. It was, yeah, you were a great guest. It was a yeah. very fun. It was a very fun time, and that's everywhere. Spotify, everywhere you Apple, can get your uh, podcasts. We also have a Patreon, yes. uh, you know, patreon.com slash F-T-F-A-F. Yes. We like to keep it very straightforward. Very straightforward. Um, and, very straightforward. Uh, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Just friends, type in your names. or do Friends you, what Talk Frasier. Oh, oh, oh okay. yeah. Our little podcast. And, and our ones. names. And our names. Yeah. I think our, our, yeah. tw- our Instagram is just our names. Ours. It is. Victoria Long will tell Uh, thank you both so much again it's an absolute treat thanks for listening to this episode of how the fuck did you get so confident don't forget to subscribe rate and review and you can also head over to patreon.com slash how the fuck for bonus episodes video content and more thanks again